Welcome to the Four Fires Podcast, where we talk about winning in all four of the essential areas of life. And here's your host, Alan Kemper. Well, welcome to the uh, Four Fires Podcast. Uh, we're having a uh, group edition today. We have uh, Ryan Roberts, Justin Lambert, Jeff Rice, and myself, Alan Kemper. Um, and uh, today, you know, is a, is a little bit of a free-for-all. This is uh, the, the thing we love about the Four Fires is um, it really does encompass all of the areas of life. Uh, we talk about living intentionally. And so um, today I want to lead off with this question. Um, I want us to think about um, why does the four fires matter uh, in your life right now? We'll just start there and we'll kind of see where the conversation goes. But uh, what have you noticed? How, you know, we've all been on a four fires journey for a while. Justin, you probably almost five years, mm-hmm. Ryan for you, two years, Jeff, you for really like a year. One year, yeah. Um, so why, why has it mattered? Why is your life today different than where you probably would be uh, without, without that in your life? So... Uh, Justin, you usually don't have anything to say. So yeah, I, was, I, was trying to, I was actually trying to be quiet so I yeah. give other people a chance to talk. So, um, no, for me, um, I would say, like, going back and just going back and looking at and seeing, like, my my grandfathers hmm. and how they lived their lives. And one of them was very, very um, financially sound. And, you know, pr- priorities were take care of your family, make money. This is what you're supposed to do as a, as a male, as a, as a, as the male leading member of your family is to provide for your family, take care of your kids, make sure they're all in good shape. And my other grandfather, his priorities are a little bit different. He wasn't, you know, wasn't that great with his finances and all, but was, you know, very big in his spiritual life and, and, and seeing how, you know, he led other men to Christ and things like that. You know, it was it was it kind of put into, put into perspective. You know, how do you define winning for your life, and how do you define a fulfilled life? Because I feel like both of those men were incredible men, hmm. and they were both sort of lacking in different areas of their lives. And you know, in some cases, would well, which areas matter more than others, and things like that. But I'm a big believer in being able to sort of do all of those things. And when I was sort of ex- exposed to the four fires that kind of defined what I was looking for like it gave a definition to someone that you know is is sound in their 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 finances sound with their relationships with other people you know very sound with their relationship with God and and where they stood and so you know I just felt like there were some things that looking back on their lives they kind of wish that they may have done a little bit differently Mm -hmm. or or some areas that they wish they had focused on a little more and, and honestly, it wasn't that they were aware of it and just didn't focus on it. It was that, that they were just in this rut of this is what I'm supposed to do every day is go to work, and, you know, eight, you know yeah. eight to five, come home and w- go to sleep, wake up, and do it all over again. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just felt like that the four fires sort of exposed me to being able to win in all of those areas. And, and too, I mean, you know, I'm a big numbers guy. 
to be able to measure those areas, mm. you know, and, and yeah. see where I am, see where I can improve, and see what how much time I'm spending in those areas and things like that. So, um, you know, for me, that's kind of how I would sort of answer that question. Yeah, and I think I was going to say the same thing. Um, like when you were talking, I was the, the one thing I think of for four fires is that it's defining. And for me, I was at a point that it was I was just so discontent with where I was. Mm. But I didn't really, I couldn't put my finger on like what was making me so discontent. And I, and I talked about liking to check boxes and have tasks and lists, and I had no measure of anything, really. And so I, I couldn't figure out what it was that I wasn't checking that box. I wasn't aware of what boxes needed to be checked. Um, mm-hmm. And so this kind of put a definition on this is what it looks like, and this is what you should be looking towards and checking these boxes to get to that spot. Um, and that's what really drove me towards it is because I wanted answers. Mm-hmm. And I'd been trying to figure out what it was. So. Yeah. Yeah, for me, so I've been, I got introduced to the four fires about a year ago, a little over a year ago, but I've been, I would say I've been on my, this journey for a year. And so, uh, and how old were you when you, uh, when you, when you first got introduced? Uh, so I was 20, it was 22, yeah. it was 22, yeah, I'm 23 now, so it was, yeah, uh, so 22, uh, and I got married, uh, I got married in June, and then it was that fall when I was introduced. So I, right after, a couple months after I got married, I was introduced to the four fires. And the first six months of my marriage was really rough, I would say, just because uh, it seemed like I, I couldn't make Rachel happy in some ways, and she couldn't make me uh, happy in some ways. And, um, and so I consider myself to be you know, one of the most fortunate people that I know to have been introduced to a framework uh, that I can, like like you guys said about measuring, like why, Justin, you said you could tell that you had dysfunction in your life, but you couldn't put your finger on what it was. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the reason that it means so much to me is uh, after I started living into the four fires, uh, I can kind of sum all this up with one simple thing. Um, my wife, when she came to me and she told me that, she loves the way that I lead her after I started living into the four fires. Right. Mm. That is why it's all worth it. Yeah. Because to hear my wife say those words. For sure. That she loves the man that I am and the man that I'm becoming and how I lead her. I mean, that yeah. I, I, can't, I can't describe why the four fires are uh, so important in any better way. Yeah, and I think for me too, I mean, you obviously don't have kids yet, but for me mm-hmm. to see like the difference that it has in me and to have the hope that my son can lead his wife like Jeff's leading his wife now, where like I wasn't aware of this at that point, so I know that I, I was failing in those areas. But then also that there's hope for my three daughters to find men that can lead them well, and they're well-rounded in different areas and grow up in families or households that um, their fathers live like this. And just the hope that that can be out there for other people. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's what I was saying kind of when we were talking. I think it's such a generational impact of how um, what people's expectations are um, not just, you know, ourselves and our spouses, but for our children, you know, what, what are they going to accept? Mm-hmm. Um, and how can we help kind of, you know, infuse them with these lifestyle choices and the decisions so that they can honestly protect themselves from a lot of things that we yeah. probably didn't have an opportunity to do. Yeah. I think too, that like when you talk about the kids, like that's <clears> one <throat> of the things that I'm get so excited about is I can't imagine 
what I would be like if I was raised under the principles of the four fires. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the import, like what we consider, we consider like right now playing, you know, Alan, you know, I've talked about this before. We've considered like playing sports, mm-hmm. something you do and you got to like, you know, T-ball and things like that. But, and then football and baseball when you're in high school and things like that. Well, all of a sudden that ends one day, yeah. you know, I mean, for the majority of us that ends. Yeah. And I feel like if instead of that being a focus, if it was more about, well, you know, you need to exercise every day for your body, for your well-being. Um, that 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 would have sort of changed the way I, the way I looked at, you know, my physical fire. And I think it's such a cool opportunity for us. You know, I'm envious of Jeff just because he's got time on us. Like I totally wish I'd been introduced to four fires when I was 23, 22 mm-hmm. years old. And instead, you know, I was like 33 for me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, too, I think it's a it's it's a very cool to think about. Relaying some of this to our kids, yeah, um, and they're they're getting to to be exposed of it at four years old, mm-hmm. six yeah. years old, yeah. just the littlest thing, going for a walk every day, or like I can't wait for my kids to be able to do math good because we're going to totally talk about calories. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and how that yeah. affects your body. Yeah. You know, we already talk about it now. Like we call, we call them sugar bugs. Mm-hmm. You know, you get sugar bugs in your teeth, and your body mm-hmm. doesn't like a whole lot of sugar bugs, and. Sometimes we eat candy. It's like, Dad, has this got a lot of sugar bugs in it? Mm, like, sure it does. Sure does. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it's delicious, but it's got a bunch of sugar bugs in it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that just being exposed to it and just aware of it is such a powerful tool that we'll be able to not only just like so that our daughters or our kids and our sons get to see what men are supposed to be like leading their family, but I think it's really cool to just grow up in the framework of these are the things I need to be focused on every day to mm-hmm. make sure that I, you know, make sure I talk to God or have some type of relationship with God every day. Make sure I have a relationship with my friends, make sure I have a relationship with my body, and make sure I have a relationship with my profession, just, you know, my craft. You know, I think that's just so powerful for even a four, five, six-year-old, and it's so easy to do. I mean, yeah. It doesn't have to be anything in detail. It's just literally make sure that we're thinking about these four areas of our lives every single day and those are good easy questions you can ask your kids when they come home from school is you know like what'd you do in PE mm-hmm. what'd you eat for lunch you know just you know did you make it did you we always talk about filling buckets mm-hmm. did you fill somebody's bucket today you yeah. know was that a good thing you know mm-hmm. making an impact on people so I just feel like you know that's a really cool thing like what you said about kids yeah it's such a powerful tool we're going to end up having to have um like like this morning I I walked out my daughter's um was staying at home today and had to do her schoolwork. And, and what I was able to say to her is, hey, make sure you have a four-fire day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, make sure you do something yep. in all of the areas. Yep. And, it can and be I, the littlest thing. Mm-hmm. I told her that the other day, and, and, and I asked her what she did, and she goes, well, here's a letter that I wrote to my aunt. Wow. I need for That's you to cool. make for my people fire. Mm-hmm. Um, would you mail it for me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so, like, just to get her thinking about, but, you know, Ryan, you are talking about, you know, that our sons would become these four fires man, men and that our daughters would meet these four fire four dimensional men. And, you know, like at some point we're going to need to get a, uh, four fires for kids retreat for sure. Because, because there's going to be a day when my son is going to reject the wisdom of his father. For sure. Like that, that it for doesn't sure. matter. I mean, he, <laughs> adolescence is likely to happen to him. Yeah. And um, and t- the idea of having other men in his life yeah. that he has known about and seen and can respect mm-hmm. who are not dad yep. 
Um, and they could say the same thing the dad says, and it me- t- it takes oh, a whole new it. meaning for, for sure, them. for yeah, sure. Because you just kind of, I mean, you just bad. You want to fight it. Like, well, I just I, don't, I'm not I remember what you say, dude. I re- one of, one of the greatest wisdom uh, pieces my mom ever. You know, I wanted to like, like when I came, I walked in the door, I was 18, and I said to my mom, I was like, Mom, I'm gonna go get a tattoo, and uh, and you know this is this is before pa- tattoos were were super popular. Yeah, yeah. And she said, Hmm. Okay, uh, well, tattoos are kind of permanent, right? And I was like, yeah, you know, me being my 18-year-old. Yeah, yeah, I know. yeah, I know they are, and I'm going to put one right here on my neck, you know, like. <laughs> um, and she said, well, you know, anything that's permanent, you think maybe you ought to get some, some counsel or wisdom? And I was like, well, what do you mean? She goes, not from me. I'm your mom. You know, I'm a woman. I'm, you know, I, I wouldn't know. Hmm. But she said, um, but maybe if you're going to do something permanent in your life, you might want to seek the advice of men who are 20 or 30 years down the road that you respect. Um, think about who are two or three men in your life that you respect and just go ask them what they would say. And I never had any of those conversations because I already <laughs> knew what they would yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, the, the men that I respected in my life yeah. at that point in time would go, I don't think I'd do that if I were you at 18. Mm-hmm. And and it was just that she didn't have to tell me no. She just needed for me to think about, you have men in your life that you respect, mm-hmm. right? and what would they say? right? And And so this idea that, our our sons growing up all need to have models, and this was this was like really the impetus for the four fires for me, is I was I was coming up on forty, and I was again asking that question: right. Who's twenty years well, down the road? You, when you mean you first had a conversation was tell me somebody that you know that's 10, 20 years older than you that's killing it at life. Yeah. I remember you saying that killing it at life. I couldn't. I was like, man, I don't know any. Yeah, I could name some people that are great business guys. Yep, good family men. Yep. you know, but they nobody was not, all of those things. Yeah, there was always a disqualifier. Always mm-hmm. a disqualifier. You're bad at something, or you're not good in this area. And it was an unacceptable. Like, it's not okay to like be completely out of tune with your body. Yep, mm-hmm. it's right. not okay to be making millions of dollars, but have your wife hate being married to you. Yep, mm-hmm. like. And so it was like this list of like, okay, well, these are the non-negotiables. Right. I got to win at all of them. Right. But what if, what if, like, so I got to 40 with no, no models. Right. And so in the absence of a model, you have to create a framework, mm-hmm. right? If you can't, if you don't know somebody who's been in a, a professional athlete and you want to be a professional athlete, the very best, the least you can do is then kind of get their workout schedule and see what they did right. to try to get there. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a model, but imagine if all of our kids got to grow up with not just one model, but multiple models. Right. It's not mm-hmm. just some, you know, outlier that this guy was actually able to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a group of men that can do this. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah for sure. And, and then the standards that our daughters – would hold the boys that they date for sure. Like, yeah, well, like, Je- Jeff and I just had a conversation about that. Yeah. Um, we were talking about um, how, like, it's my girls. Like, we were talking about in our men's group. One of the guys, one of the challenges we had for the week was to uh, say the blessing with your kids, mm. uh, with your family. Yeah, and we were talking about how, like, the first time he sat down and did it, his wife looked at him like he said, like, "All right, we're gonna say the blessing." And she was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> and, and so anyway, they did it, and all you know, but the the daughters, the kids 
you know, if you don't do it the next time, they're asking, well, Dad, why, don't, why aren't we saying the lesson now? We're mm-hmm. supposed to say the lesson. Mm-hmm. At my house now, it's gotten to where, like, my kids won't let you eat. Mm-hmm. If, you know, we sat down at a Mexican restaurant, and, of course, first thing to do is bring you chips and salsa. Well, everybody starts. And so by, <laughs> about the time I took a chip, my littlest one was like, Dad, you got to say the blessing. <laughs> so, of course, you know, we blessed the chips. And I was telling Jeff that, like, one day they're going to go on dates with guys. Mm-hmm. And one of the cool ways to be able to tell where they are in their walks and things mm-hmm. like that is to literally, when they sit down, you know, she doesn't need to say anything. She needs to let him lead, mm-hmm. and he's supposed to be the leader, and mm-hmm. she'll be able to tell when he sits down if he's going to sit there and say mm-hmm. the blessing. Well, I think that, I mean, this, it's like you're talking about, the standard that you're starting to set, um, you know, it's a pretty... Yeah. It's a pretty high standard, or at, or at least it's a direction yeah. for where they th- you know where they should start yeah. in their you know dating life and who they're yeah. looking for for marrying and things like that. Yeah, but it kind of just establishes the way you process everything. I mean, it's like, and your kids will see that. And I know that even growing up, like I, I process things like my parents process things. Mm-hmm. And so, like yeah, when you sure. when decisions are brought to you, like how are you going to address that decision? How are you going to choose what to do or where to go or like to go this way or that way? I mean, it, it all just, like, establishes that, that they see without us even, like, teaching. Mm-hmm. It just happens. Yep. And yeah. I think it's... Your response, your yeah, tone. The way that you act when somebody treats you the wrong way. You know, like, somebody slams into your car. How do you react towards that? Somebody cuts you off on the road. How do you act towards that? And I think just Ooh. knowing in every single step that we make, if we put that intentionality into it, how it affects our fires, they're watching it. Yeah. Right. And so they're going to pick up on those things and be like, hey, this is acceptable and this is not. Like, So what are you doing that you don't want them repeating or being attracted to when they get older? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a real humbling thing for me, for sure. Yeah, because most lessons are caught, not taught. Yeah, like, for sure. You, you, can, you can tell them all you want. Oh, you should yeah. be a giver or yeah. you should, you know, but, but they're going to watch what you do. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that the conversation just went from it's not about like I, we start this whole process like when I when I'm coaching people or when we're talking about the four fires it really is about who am I becoming right like it is a me centric process but when we went around the room and named why does this matter you know between grandparents and like our, who our children right. and who our wives right. say that we are. Like, mm-hmm. the conversation just went to our, how, how others are. The, how we, how, how our lives being lived this way create legacy. Right. Mm-hmm. Impact others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I think that's, a, that's an interesting. Because you're right. I mean, when I first started, it was about me. Mm-hmm. Like, we, and we talked, we started the conversation that way. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys are doing good in these areas, and I want to do good in all the areas. And mm-hmm. it's about, I, you know, want to do good in all these things. And then, obviously, you get down to the reasons why that you want to be good in those things. And, it, you mm-hmm. know, I think it does turn a little selfless mm-hmm. once you get down to the root cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even usually whatever your strong fire is when you start this is usually selfish. You know what I mean? It's usually oh, what sure. you what you find most joy or pride in or what you find sustainability in mm-hmm. or how you ground yourself. Yeah. Um, and you find out that that's really not going to ever be filled until you figure out how to correct all the other ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we, we stay in the fire that we feel most rewarded and recognized in, mm-hmm. and we tend to avoid the areas yeah, that we sure. feel yeah. for sure. most guilty because in. Because it's comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Well, we say the growth and comfort rarely coexist. Right. Um, so, golly, yeah, the, the digging into the, the hardest fire. Um, 
What so so what has been the hardest fire, you know, in this process, you know, as we what's been the one that was either stubborn for you or mm-hmm. uh that you were like keep it away, maybe resisted it longer than maybe you should have. Mm-hmm. What was that? Yeah, for I'll, you, Jeff? I'll start on that one. So uh mine was the the people fire and specifically friends. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I've I've known about the four fires for about a year. So I was in my senior year of college. And what Alan shared with me when I said, like, yeah, I think my, my family fire was good. Like, I have a wonderful relationship with my, my both of my parents and my four siblings um, and um, and my wife. Uh, we were, and, um, but then the friend part, I was like, I don't, have, I don't have a best friend. And I was like, my wife can't even tell you. Like, if, she, if I said, hey, call, call my friend, call one of my friends, she wouldn't even know who to call. Mm-hmm. And I was... And I was like, man, it was just like, it was the awareness, like, wow, I didn't even realize it was that bad. And then, um, so then to start, that was the one that was, was um, my worst fire because Alan pointed out that uh, the natural progression of the four fires is that your people fire at a younger age should be higher. You're in high school and college right. and you mm-hmm. should have a lot of good friendships. And then over time, naturally, it will kind of fall off. And just because you get married and you start your life, yep. you don't have as many Everybody friends. Everybody goes in different directions kind of thing. Right. Um, not that you can't still have deep, meaningful friendships your whole life, but it just naturally will go down. And so when I realized this is supposed to be the prime of my life to have deep friendships, and I have none, um, I started putting energy into that. And now I have two guys that I would consider to be my best friends. Um so that was that was the one that was just like, man, I got to work on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was a situation for me when I was started my company, yeah. and you know the first couple of years, like I just sacrificed everything, did, you know, didn't talk to guys anymore, and we just all our relationships just kind of fell apart. And that was one of the things that I really missed because I enjoyed that when I was in high school and, and things like that. And mm-hmm. one of the things that that we decided to do, um, a, a buddy of mine and I were talking about it. And he was like, we should try to get all the guys back together. And one thing we used to do when we were younger was we played Halo. Mm-hmm. back in the day <laughs> and nowadays you don't play Halo Mode or you play golf mm-hmm. well what we decided to do is we were going to have our own little um, our own um, what do you call it when the two countries play each other in golf uh, yeah. Ryder Cup mm-hmm. Ryder Cup. Cup your own Ryder <laughs> Cup so we uh, I sent out an email to 16 guys that we that we all kind of knew each other from a long time ago and just basically said look I know we hadn't seen each other in 10 years but we used to do these things. I'm thinking about get, putting together a weekend trip. We just go away for a weekend, and we're going to play Halo at night, and we're going to play golf during the day. <laughs> we're going to divide up eight on eight and just see where it goes. And wait, this Halo, this is pre, this is like pre-playing on the internet. This is back when you had to like you be had to in the same room. Yeah, hook them all yeah. up. We yeah. had four, we had four had Xboxes. <laughs> you had the Ethernet uh-huh. cables going across rooms to TVs. You could go in the room and talk trash to each other. Um, and so anyway, I mean, that's what we used to do after football games on Friday nights. We'd go to people's houses all, all day Saturday to rest up. We would just play <laughs> Halo with each other and, and talk trash. So anyway, as soon as I sent the email, all 16 guys responded. Wow. And they were like, this is the best email I've ever seen. I can't <laughs> wait for this. This is epic. This is going to be incredible. I've needed something like this in my life. And I think that that's where it's. it was funny to see all the guys respond that way wow. because it kind of showed you that everybody wants that. Uh-huh. But you're just going to have to, like, I and mean, what you said was put the energy into mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And once you start putting the energy into those fires, you start seeing those fires come to life. And the coolest thing is is that was, I want to say, almost five years ago. Mm. 
and or six years ago. And those guys to this day, we started a group chat afterwards and everything, and we talk to each other all the time now, which mm-hmm. has led to some of the guys in my small group, which yeah. has led to some other deep conversations. Some of them have become business partners now. I mean, that whole thing, you know, and so it kind of just builds off of each other. But it just totally takes, like what you're talking about, just a, the recognition that I'm failing in that fire mm-hmm. and then the commitment to put in, even if it's just a little bit of energy, literally started with an email mm-hmm. that just boiled into something else and bigger and bigger and bigger. Everybody pitched in money. We all went on trips. Now we do one every year. Yeah. Actually, we do two a year now. Um, and so, so anyway, that it's like you said, if you can go from zero, you know, to, to, to eight, nine, 10 in those fires in a mm-hmm. hurry yeah. with little effort, but you just have to be like intentional and, and put that effort in and yeah. just, you know, that just goes to show that like just a little bit of energy can go yeah. a long, long way in those fires. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so now like the question of if your wife had to call oh, a, f- a best decide. friend, yeah, which she couldn't decide. She, like, she had to go on a list. That's, that's right. That's ideal. Exactly. That's yeah. the goal. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And like I said, I've got two right now that I would say like these guys are my best friends Yeah, and I've got four more guys on my list right now that I want to really connect with for sure back from high school Mm -hmm. and so I'm those are because I I need to get to that six to eight to ten guys for sure that are deep so it's that that community yeah 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 so for me it was going to be my purpose and my people together and um I think that what I've realized and kind of the growth through this process is that I seek validity in so many things Mm. so forever I got I was seeking validity from a professional aspect. Um, and that's where I would come up with the void and the kind of like, well, okay, I'm getting here. So like, what's the next step to get there? And like, how does it, where's the ceiling on this? Um, and so when I found the awareness of how much validity I was putting into that fire, um, I started put trying to put validity in other things. And so I did that with people, you know, I was seeking validity for my wife and which is good. I mean, you want your, you want your wife to validate you and to build you up and you to, you know, put all your, you think it's good to put all your eggs in that basket. But really what I found is like the only place that you can fill the, you know, identity and validity of who you are is with that purpose fire. Mm -hmm. And if you can kind of ground yourself in that and stop trying to make other people feel you or Mm. other things feel you or, you know, like that's really the only time that you can find that content. Um, And I mean, just, kind of peace is the only word I can really think of for it but I mean everything's going to fail you and the more I saw the more validity I put in things like the more I tried to make that happen to make me happier to make me feel like oh this is whole the more like disappointed and uh, frustrated I was in that yeah Um, it was like what you were saying uh, when you were first married Uh y'all were trying to make each other happy she wasn't making me happy and I wasn't making her happy Uh it's like you got to quit seeking your happiness from from your significant other Mm -hmm. exactly Yeah. yeah And so that's been the most eye-opening thing for me. And it's, it's always been the hardest fires because it's so natural for me to think that, you know, that's that's what I should do, you know. But yeah. it just leaves you, like, still one more. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, and the challenge there is, and our, it's a natural propensity to, like, seek to, 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 to be validated through our profession mm-hmm. or to sure. be validated through our spouse mm-hmm. or to be validated by our kids. Do my mm-hmm. kids need me? The danger there mm-hmm. is that everyone we seek validation from, we have then implicitly given them the power to invalidate us. Right, right. Like, or disappoint you. I mean, if I'm seeking validity from my kids, yep. like I'm meaningful and valuable because I'm a good dad. Right. The day that my son says, Dad, I hate you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've given him the power to own my identity. Mm -hmm. And or the day that I say, 
man, I, I'm a really good executive coach and that's my identity and I need that validation from my clients. The minute that one of them looks at me and goes, man, you're a no talent ass clown. I don't know what they, why, why would people ever pay you for this? Right. Like, then all of a sudden I've given that person the ability to invalidate me and like mess with my identity. Right. And that's why that purpose fire is yep. so important because yeah. it's yeah. it's the one thing that won't that, that you will always be validated. Right. Like and I was never aware of just how much that is like literally repeated over and over again. Like this is who you are. This is who I created you to be. This is why I created you and this is your purpose and this mm-hmm. is my will for you. Mm-hmm. And all those yeah. kind of things. But as that connectedness grows that level of understanding changes. So then again, like the intentionality there changes your mindset. So it's then how you process and think about things are completely different because you know who you are mm-hmm. and you know what validates you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know it does. Because as soon as you fix that fire yeah. or as soon as you, you, know, you start working on that, like just knowing that immediately improves the marriage fire. 100%. Just yeah. because you quit you quit that. looking for your wife to, to, to be that for you, to yeah. validate you. And you didn't even have a conversation with her. And all of a sudden now your perception of your roles there has completely changed mm-hmm. where now like that fire has now bumped itself up. Mm-hmm. I'm a big proponent of you fixing that purpose fire and it'll fix a bunch of them. For yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And it is interesting. Like all throughout scripture you end up, I mean, it is, it is this idea of helping us to understand our identity. Right. And, um, what about you, Alan? What's your fire? The one, the one that really um, maybe even like led to some of this, I had um, was the physical fire. I uh, I always struggled with and not not for lack of discipline, but for lack of results. Um, it was the thing that pushed me to really start digging. I w- I was kind of on this quest. You know, I was all I, I didn't do the high school athletics. I was always afraid to go head to head and compete with other men. Like there was this mm-hmm. like I'm not good enough. I'm, I couldn't believe that picture you showed me of you in grade school. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just totally shocked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, that. well, and so that, like, yeah, I mean, you want to, you want to look at, I'll, I'll post that picture somewhere. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it is, it's me at 16, and I probably had to weigh 235 pounds. I mean, I was a chunk. Yeah. And it was just this fear of, like, all my friends are going mountain biking, and I can't go because I'm not going to be able to keep up. Mm. Yeah. And or all of my, you know, all my friends played a sport, but I'm just going to be the nice kid. Mm. Right. And um, and so, you know, as I went through grad school, I kind of started getting into running. And then but even still, there was this like lagging identity of you're the chubby kid mm. um, and you're not an athlete. And so I tried to do like half marathons and then marathons and then sprint triathlons and then half Ironman triathlons. And it was, I never got the, like the mentality shift of I'm an athlete Mm. or particularly any kind of real results Mm -hmm. because, because I thought I could out exercise poor eating. Mm. Um, I just didn't right. understand the eat part of the fire. Yeah, right. like that For there sure. are levers to be pulled. <laughs> yeah. And once I started to really dig into that space, my world changed. Mm-hmm. Like, but it was a slow roll for me. For sure. Because um, I didn't feel like I had a guide. Everybody that I knew that was athletic was just like, just they were that way. They were just kind of naturally yeah. athletic. They weren't. 
but you don't see a lot of men in their 40s who are, or at least not, I wasn't seeing them in my space that were winning in that fire. Right, I didn't for really sure. have that modeled. I didn't, mm-hmm. anyway. So that, for me, that was the one that has been a big shift. Um, mm-hmm. Now I feel like you know, a gen, the, the trips to the gym in the week mm-hmm. needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's you a, enjoy it. Love it. Like, I mean, yeah. I look forward to it. Right. Um, I go, I went on a ruck, I went on two rucks last week, you know, just like threw the weighted vest on and yep. grabbed <laughs> my daughter out. and walked around the neighborhood and grabbed my wife. Come on, let's go. You know, like, <laughs> um, or when my wife says she's going to go for a walk, I look, oh, I'll, hang on, I'll ruck with you. Yeah. You know, like, um, I would have avoided that yep. for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And so that's been a big shift for me. Um, yeah, I just, uh, one, I didn't understand that there are levers. Right. There are literally levers that mm-hmm. you can pull. Yeah, and the cool thing is if you ever start slacking off in an area, you've now edu- educated yourself enough that you know what levers to pull, and mm-hmm. you can just go back and start pulling those levers again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, that's, that's, that's what they say, like, uh, you know, you take you take a millionaire's money away from them, mm-hmm. and, and what's going to happen? Six months back. later, yeah. you know, because they know what levers to pull right. mm-hmm. to yeah. make that happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hear those all the time about like uh, like uh, some some of the Grant Cardone did like the it's, here's five hundred dollars go yeah. go build a company. Yeah. Well, it's like people too sometimes talk about if you just took all the money in the U.S. and put it in a pile and divided it up evenly, within ten in years ten, we're right back to where we right where, where it was we yeah. for sure mm-hmm. yeah for sure because yeah. it's it's not because there's a uh, unequal distribution of wealth exactly it's because there's an unequal distribution of the understanding of wealth right exactly yeah. the knowledge the knowledge right. yeah. and the how tos the levers yep. Yeah. And that's one of the things, too, like, that I really enjoy about this process is that, like, I get to learn along the way. I think we all get to, like, when mm-hmm. one of us figures out, um, you know, kind of a life hack. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, like, I, I got introduced to by one of the guys in about this heart rate variability and me- measuring and monitoring sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Fuzz and I have ta- had conversations <clears throat> about, you know, he's he's clearly crushing stuff on the physical fire side that I can learn from For and sure. learn from you guys on the professional fire. And yeah. so I really enjoy that. Like we just get to surround ourselves with people who are asking us different questions yeah. and mm-hmm. operating. Well, and that's, their what, of strength. And that's what too, you know, going back to, to the very beginning of our conversation, talking about how we, we tend to drift into the fires that we're the best at and just mm-hmm. keep playing at those. And people use the reference all the time, like play, play from your strengths. And they mm-hmm. say, like, you've never seen Tiger Woods pick up a baseball bat and try to be a baseball player. Yeah. He just, he's good at golf, so he keeps, you know, continuing to be good at golf. And sometimes we find ourselves in the same situation where if I'm good in the professional fire, I like staying over there in that professional fire. But the, the thing that I have learned from the four fires in the community that we've sort of built is that we're all good at different things mm-hmm. and men need other men. Mm-hmm. And I mean, one of my biggest impacts for me has been fuzz with my mm-hmm. physical fire. Yep. Cause I didn't know what to do, mm-hmm. you know, and fuzz knew how I thought knew I was an engineer. I was a numbers guy. And he was like, bro, it's just math. Mm-hmm. You know? And then he explained to me. <laughs> calories in, calories out. In, calories out. Like, caloric how, surplus, caloric deficit. Exactly. And so like from a very high level, he explained that. He's like, bro, eat whatever you want right now. Just don't go over this number, mm-hmm. you know? And then now like, but, as I saw that happen, now it's maybe like, okay, well, tell me about macros. macros. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, you know, like this going. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, but but the but the cool thing about that is like, you know, 
first of all, your ability to, to accept that you're not good in these other fires. Mm. And then to, to, to me, the life hack is to use other men mm. that are good in those fires yep. to help you, you know, achieve and get to where you want to be yep. um, in that respective fire. Yeah. But also, I think that in some cases that we think we are good in those. And I think it's also having <laughs> oh, that there's like, some of that. Hey, yeah, bro, for sure. I think you're real good at that. Are yeah. you really sure you're really good at that? Yeah. yeah. This is what I see. Yeah. Um, or I, I've, this is what I see you doing from a habit, or this is decisions I see you making. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think that that's a huge part of it, too. It's like, you know, we talked about, like, stop. Stop whining, you know, or really what you think is good really isn't that good. You need to reassess yourself yeah, and sure. surround yourself with people that will do that to you. You know, it's 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 hard pill to swallow sometimes, but that's what that's what true friendship is. Yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. what uh, Jeff and I were talking about a little bit with some of the small group content about sometimes you can talk about what order to do things in, mm-hmm. which fire to start with and stuff. And to me, I think, like, starting with that physical fire, that's the easiest one to be able to look at another guy and say, uh, you're not where you think you are. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not a nine. Yeah. Sorry, mm-hmm. 300 pounds, you can't run from here to the car without <laughs> yep. getting out of breath. So when you say that you're a nine out of ten in physical fire, you're just lying to yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, you know? I, I had a guy I was coaching, and, and uh, I had him do the assessment, and he went through and he marked himself as an eight in his physical fire. Yeah. And and he like I looked at it, and I like pulled it over at the table, <laughs> and I looked at his eight, and I just looked up at him, and look back at his eight, <laughs> and I go, "Buddy, I'm a six. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, what are you gonna do with? I mean, like, yeah. I, I'm just, that's just not. You're not it. That's like, right? like, yeah. but, but and that's the easiest. Yeah. But that's the easiest one to like build a relationship with guys to yeah. know you can call each other out because yeah. you can tell when they're lying about that one. Yeah. For sure. If they just say that their relationship with God is great, there's, there's just, there's not. It's kind of hard for how, you how to tell. You call that out? How do you call that out? My relationship with my, with my wife is great. You know, I have yeah. no idea what you're doing at home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, but physical is a great place to start because you can look at another guy and say, Hey, you're not where you need to be, and are you telling the truth? And if people will be open oh, with yeah. their professional, you can. Do the same thing. That's right. If they'll tell you next. if they'll tell you what their real numbers are. Exactly. I wish it'd be interesting if we could like come up with a way to like if I had to visualize all of my fires like oh my in in terms of body type yeah. you know like oh yeah oh, yeah, yeah oh this one this one's a Chris Farley over here oh, right. this one's a Brad Pitt you know yeah, like exactly. over here, like like if I could visualize what my soul looked like yeah. would it just be this obese Slaw. mess yeah. you know like yeah. Yeah. or you know like if I were to visualize my physically fit yeah, yeah. or yeah. you know does my professional fire look like Arnold Schwarzenegger or does yes. it look like yep. you know like the nutty, that's why it's so hard for me <laughs> with the with the people and the purpose thing it's like I want to grade like you know what I mean I want to mm. scale and see how I line up I want to know how everybody else is doing and this as long as I'm a step ahead of them I'm good <laughs> but I can't figure out where everybody else is to know how I, or where I should be. Right. Yeah. And what, that's what's one, so frustrating. Yeah, but the thing we always say is you can't manage what you don't measure. That's you know? right. You know, so uh, if you think you're a nine in your physical fire and you're 400 pounds, it's probably just because you, that, you've never measured anything. Right. So that's why being able, like you said, the four fires gives you a way to measure it. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important. Well, yeah. and one thing that we've kind of noticed in, in my little men's group is that as you become more knowledgeable about your fire, mm-hmm. your, your perspective changes and mm-hmm. your scale changes. Yeah, so for sure. What I thought was a six in my physical fire is more like a four. Mm-hmm. That's right. now, because of now what I know that I where, where I could actually go with yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so it's interesting to just, you know, not necessarily judge yourself on based on where your numbers are. Are, but also like this, your scale changes, yep. you know, and you become more aware of different things and, and, and more, of, you, you become more of aware who you actually could be. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, and so we actually did that because I took my assessment the first sure. time we ever met 
Um, and then we checked it out. I think it was like eight months later, and I scored myself <laughs> lower than the first time on a lot of stuff. But you do, you were better. Yeah. And I was like, I am like a completely new human, like not even almost the same person, but like I'm scoring myself lower. Um, and I, at the first time, I was like deflated when I scored myself because I was, you know, it was like, golly, this is horrible. <laughs> but then I was scoring myself lower, but I was encouraged because I knew how much more opportunity for growth there was, yeah. even though I was a lower number. Yeah. That's right. um, yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah, I've good. done that a few times, and it's a, it's a pretty cool assessment to take. Because you, you never know what you're really going to think about yourself when you read over those things. And you're like, uh, it's not what I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I think there's something to this brutal accountability, like this uh, this ability to look across the table. And, and I think we've had some of those moments at the summit. Hell yeah. Um, where, and, and this is the thing, like, most of the time we don't, we're, we don't like real feedback from people for sure because we think that we're in charge and and, and when we we go to the summit it's it's entrepreneurs who are i mean we think that we are all you about haven't had somebody like fire back at you in a long long, long time that's right yeah put you in your place or tell you where you really are because you, you're in charge you you're walk in, in the office and you're that's in right. charge and all of a sudden you know it's like Navy SEALs don't like to take critiques from privates in the Army, yeah. but they might listen to another, another special force, another yep. Navy SEAL guy. Yep. And, yep. Um, and that's with that. And, but there have been a couple of moments where I thought somebody was about to come over the table. There's some furniture yeah. moving. Yeah, like, <laughs> because somebody looked at somebody. You, Justin, you looked at a guy and yeah. said, hey, man, that's yeah. That's not right. Yep. You know, and, and you your, need your to, wife deserves better, your, your wife, kids deserve yep, better. Better not and I love the line you used. Better your family deserves better from, from, from you, you, not than you. Than you. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. That's and big. and because you know they they could be that person. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's that's the thing is that it inside of all of us. Yeah, it's not, yeah. it's is not this that they're all too good for you. Blueprint that, to yep. be the be this four dimensional guy. Exactly. We just got to make the choices that take us down that path. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, that brutal. But but, like, why do we why do we have such a hard time seeing? Yeah, it's hard to hear. Yeah, well, it's hard to see it in my yeah maybe maybe the reason is what's hard for me to like name it is because it's it's hard to hear yeah I was about to say sometimes I think for me like the awareness is there mm-hmm. but it's the acceptance of other people's awareness of it's the hardest part mm-hmm. you know like you know that you're there in a lot of situations but to hear somebody else know that they know where mm-hmm. you are too yeah it's a hard pill to swallow yeah mm-hmm. but <laughs> or rather, that you're or that you're wrong about where you think you are yeah ooh, ooh. but yeah. I would rather hear where I'm messing up from one of you guys or another man than my wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I can start working on it yeah. ahead of time. So that's why it's so important to have the friendships, deep friendships all the time. That's right. Yeah. 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 Cause whether we, whether we want to acknowledge it or not, it's true either way. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. It's kind of like pretending that you're not going bankrupt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you can pretend or that you're or not overweight mm-hmm. or, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or that your marriage isn't failing. Yep. Yeah. Like you can pretend it all you want. Yeah. But there's a real there, there is reality out there. Yeah, and, uh, there is a truth, an objective reality, as <laughs> yeah. it turns out. Um, yeah, and and to have somebody who, you know, it's interesting. There's this. You ever you ever walked by a guy uh, who had his fly down, and you didn't say anything? Yeah. Why yeah. why 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 did you let 
Why'd you yeah. let him walk by yeah. and his fly was down? Yeah, something in your teeth. Yeah, you got something in your teeth. Why? Why would you let somebody walk down the street? Yep, because it's uncomfortable and embarrassing. Yeah. For to, who? For the well. Yeah. yeah. See, we, what we, what we yeah. like to th- what we like to think is, if I see Ryan walking down the street with broccoli in his teeth, mm-hmm. that uh, I'm not going to tell him because it would embarrass him. Yeah. yeah. Right. But the reality is, he's about to be embarrassed yeah. all Hundreds day long. Yeah. He's yeah. already been embarrassed yeah. all day. Doesn't even love it. Yeah. The reason yeah. that I don't tell him is because it makes me uncomfortable. That's right. I'm going to be uncomfortable. And what I've really done by refusing to tell him that his flies down or he's got broccoli in his teeth is what I'm really saying is I care more about my own comfort mm. than about his embarrassment or yeah. his failure. Yeah. We, so we talk about care enough about people to confront them. Right. Care enough yeah. to confront. Because... And you gotta have enough. You gotta have men in your life who will look at you and be willing to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Because that conversation that you had. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was not comfortable for was, you. No. Uh-uh. Like, but you cared enough to like. Yeah, I mean, we were emotional about it and everything. I mean, yeah, it was, lean across the table and go, yeah. "Hey, man." Like. Well, and I think too, an important thing for guys to remember is that you don't have to be eights, nines, and tens in a fire to confront another man about that fire. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's that. that that's always a misconception to me. Is like you feel like you got to be good at that particular fire to call another man out on. Mm-hmm. And I, just, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all sinners. We're all incompetent of all, all our abilities, you know, and that kind of thing. We're not where we need to be. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't say something to another man just because we're not where we need to be. Yeah. To say that. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's very important for guys is to like not to feel uncomfortable, you know, confronting another guy about it just because they're not where they want to be either. Mm-hmm. I think everybody needs to hear. You know, and we're all in this together kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we all want to see each other improve. Yeah. Right. I think that carries across to all relationships. I mean, not only just friendships, but, you know, caring enough to confront your kids or your wife. I mean, it's easy enough if your kid's in a situation for you to kind of just push it under the rug and not acknowledge it or avoid that because mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable for you to talk about yeah. or uncomfortable mm-hmm. for you to have to do or you don't feel equipped to handle it. Yeah. But it, just taking the step to try to put into some, some kind of effort will – I mean, produce far greater than results than avoiding it completely in the first place. Mm-hmm. I mean, even you could even take that across business. You know what I mean? I think For that sure. it, sometimes it's uncomfortable in business situations to have somebody on our team that's dragging everybody down or yep. somebody that's an underperformer or somebody that's negative. Um, and it's easier that, to lead them on because they produce some other kind of result for you. Um, but it's really detrimental over the long term just because mm-hmm. it's difficult to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. The... There's a there's a degree of courage. The, the the challenge I think we run into sometimes is when we feel like what we don't have is the moral authority. Yeah. Like like if I'm really overweight, yeah. to look at somebody else and say, Hey man, you're really overweight. Yeah. <laughs> like um You need a caveat. I mean yeah. I mean it, but it, it so it's it's more powerful when we can say, Hey, you see this picture of what I used to look like in high school? Yeah. yeah. Like, I was there too. Right. And there's hope. Right. And I've made some progress in this space, and I'm not there yet. But the direct, you are directionally incorrect. Yeah. Like, the, the direction you are heading yeah. is not taking you where you want to go. Yeah. And That's I right. think you can use other fires. You know what I mean? Like, if you're, if you're, if you're dealing with somebody in their physical fire with that, you can show them that your other fires were in this depravity at one point and now are not anymore. Mm-hmm. And just give them that hope through that and be like, hey, dude, this is just what I see. And this is what I think you could do daily to make a small difference and see it change. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really the, 
It's the same principle for all of the fires. Mm-hmm. It's putting energy and intentionality into all the fires. I mean, it's different, mm-hmm. different yeah. fires, but the principle is the same. Right. Yeah. So we think about we think about this idea of four fires for us as individuals. That's a that's a useful thought, and that's usually where we start. Mm-hmm. And then we move into this idea of like, hey, four fires impacts, you know, our spouses, and mm-hmm. it, this idea of like. Uh, I, I really do think we'll end up with like four fires kids, um, and and then maybe like my son's dating pool is like <laughs> your right. daughters, right. you know, like like how do I get how do how, how do I connect him with uh with other kids? How do his best friends be, you know, buddies who were raised by four dimensional men? Right. Um, so I think there'll be. I was gonna say I can't imagine growing up in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, what if what if that was the community? And that, and and so so this is this gets back to the point I want to make here. When we talk about the four fires, nonprofit. When we talk about the mission of the four fires organization is to build an army of four dimensional men and women, because there is no exceptional organization, whether it's a nation, whether it's a company, whether it's a family that does not have extraordinary individuals in it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the foundation of this country was built because there's some extraordinary individuals who were leading it. Mm-hmm. And we can envision, like, what would it look like if my 10 best friends were all, like, 8 out of 10s in all four fires? Mm-hmm. Like, holy cow, the network of people that I would have right. to pull mm-hmm. from and to pour into me and who were brutally honest with me. What would it look like if the children that my children played with right. were all fathered by four-dimensional men. For sure. What would it look like if... I think like the school. Mm-hmm. What if this, What if our schools were we, filled our, with... Our school asked the parents to fill out a survey the other day about, like, educations being offered and different things, and if they had, like, any, like, you know, if they wanted feedback from the parents, and I lit them up <laughs> on, on the four fires. Because I think they got such an opportunity to do everything. PE yeah. class, they got such an opportunity, lunchroom, mm-hmm. snack time, you know, that whole thing. They can do physical fire in that, you know. Mm-hmm. People fires and things, how do you, you know, engage with other kids and things like that, you know. I mean, I feel like you could do, you could, you know, promote all four fires within the yeah. education of a school system without changing the subjects. Yeah, and I think, too, like our kids are so focused on memorization. Like, what about teaching them, again, the intentionality of thought process and, like, mm-hmm. how you process things and why you make those decisions. And I think the four fires kind of can do that. Where in schools, a lot of times, it's just like, all right, memorize these spelling words. Memorize how math does this. And so they miss out on a little bit of, like, how the intention and the actions that you take really affect the overall outcome because mm-hmm. they don't experience that. That's not the way that their brains are taught now. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, like you said, the communities. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. So, so the question then becomes, like, if the mission is – is to truly like, like I got to 40 and I couldn't find a single four dimensional. And, and you know, I didn't really know what I was looking for. And my, I mean, I thought my network was pretty good, but like, but I didn't find a great model. But like, if you could build an army, like legitimately a percentage, two percentage points, three percentage point, five, what would happen if, if the United States was made up of. Two percent. Two percent of the men in the United States were four dimensional. Hmm. I just, I just feel like that that would like there'd be a radical shift for sure. Yeah. In well, and usually, I mean, if if well, those people would be in some pretty 
powerful positions. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like high up, but like impact. Like yeah. the ability to make impact. Like For sure. Leading churches, communities. Lead churches, yeah, communities, school, yeah. jobs, mm-hmm. companies, mm-hmm. Listen, families. When, 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 when a guy is good at his craft and he's well-resourced because he's figured out how to convert his craft into cash, and when his home is a place of strength, and not stress. His his wife enjoys being married to him. His kids respect him. He has friends, like life friends that that he does. He shares and la- the goods and the bads with life. And he has wise counsel. When he is physically strong and walks into a room and has presence and then internal confidence because he knows he takes care of himself. And he has real identity and like connectedness with his creator. And then is living out the uh, like that guy changes communities mm-hmm. yeah, that guy sure. changes the businesses that he's a part of the churches that he's a part of the the families that he, like that's a generational impact for sure mm-hmm. community i mean community impact i mean it's for sure yeah. like and what if what if what if that was instead of being some small person what if we could just like so the question i guess is and this is what we're wrestling with over the next you know, decades, I guess. Um, I mean, the, one of the the ideas is build the army, um, of four dimensional men and women. Um, so, you know, four fires nation, if you're out there listening, we're, we're, we are wrestling with and thinking about what do we do to further that, that mission? Um, what are the programs that we can invest in? What are the, um, you know, how do we connect with the foster system or how do we create, connect with children who are growing up without, without dads, fatherless homes, uh, educating and working with college coaches and high school coaches to help them think about like, how do we live people of influence? Like, how do we live into this space on a very broad basis? So, um, I think these are the conversations that we want to continue to have, uh, that we want to continue to brainstorm around. Uh, we don't have all the answers. We don't have all the resources. But I do think that there's something um, significant and meaningful in, in having a framework to live around and then becoming someone as an individual that changes who we are but, but then as a byproduct ultimately changes the people around us and our communities. And so I really um, appreciate you. I mean, the fact that I get to surround myself with a group of guys who are on this four dimensional journey is encouraging to me. Um, My wife is the beneficiary. My children are the beneficiaries. Mm -hmm. Um, So any, uh, any, any thoughts, parting, parting thoughts before we uh, close this thing down? Live intentionally. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that's another episode of the Four Fires podcast. Hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, the the round table style. It's actually a square table. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll do more of these in the future. I think there's some uh, some good further conversations to be had. And and again, if you have ideas for how we can we can continue to build this uh, Four Fires army. Um, reach out to us. We want to know. Uh, we want uh, we want to take this thing, and um, we want to be intentional with uh, helping people live intentionally. So, thanks. Thanks, Travis. Mm-hmm.